0: Well, good morning. It's so good to be with you guys. Thank you so much for joining us. Is this your first time or first time in a long time? We welcome you back into the house. And visit and worship with us. We also want to welcome everybody watching online and also our Grayson campus. Just in case you don't know that we are one church, two locations. We have a church there in Grayson that we're able to every single Sunday communicate to. And this past series, we just got out of one today. We kick off a new one. We had Pastor Adam and Aaron and uh, we had Alan and Matt and then Brandon. They all did an amazing job last series communicating and speaking in God's word. We saw right at 40 people give their life to Jesus last series in the middle of the summer. Come on, come on. Last week out of that 40, 23 people gave their life to Jesus last Sunday. Come on now. we That is something to shout about. That's why we do what we do. And so today we kick off a new series I'm really excited about. You know, when I was a little boy, I was four years old, I moved to Pike County, Kentucky. Any Pike Countyans in the house? Come on, any Pike County? I, bless that hand back there. Bless that hand right there, right? Pray for us. You know, and I was four years old and we moved to Pike County. I came from North Carolina, man. I'm talking flatlands, North Carolina, that when you saw headlights, it took forever to get to that car. And i never forget, we moved to Pike County, and I lived over on a little road called Narrow's Branch. That's all I have to say, Narrow Branch. And we moved here and and as a little boy, I'd always get car sick and I remember throwing up all the time and I'd get motion sick, car sick. I still do that. I'm probably still a little boy and I still get sick to myself. I can't sit in the back or anything like that. But I remember as a little boy coming into the mountains and these curvy roads and we were going around, you know, these certain mountains. And I remember looking over to the side of the mountain, realizing that there's a cliff, like there's a drop-off, y'all. I mean, a straight drop-off. And I remember as a little boy, how many trees would you have to hit before you went to the bottom, like if you went off the side? And so you can imagine, you know, flatlands to a little road called Narrows Branch, where only two bicycles could pass on it. You know what I'm talking about? That's how narrow. And then we move over to Blackberry Mountain. Anybody know what Blackberry Mountain is? Let me put it in perspective, between the Hatfields and the McCoys, okay? That's where we live. And we're living it. And I'll never forget that noticing that there's, if there's a cliff that there's very quickly, you can just drop right off. There was nothing to protect you, to guard you as you went around these curves. And of course, then, you know, I become 15 and I get my learner's permission right? And then my, well, actually I did it 15 because I got it in West Virginia, but that's another whole story. And so about the age 16, I, I began to drive with my mom, you know, we're in the 1991 Dodge Dynasty. Can I get a witness? And we're riding around and she's letting me drive and she, and my mom and every time we'd go up around the curves around the mountain, I don't know what is about a mom, but they grab the bar, they push the foot, they close their eyes and they lean to the left. I don't know. My mom still does that. And I'm 44. I'm telling you when I drive, like she grabbed the bar and she leaned to the left as if leaning is going to keep me on the road, mom. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know why you're trying to leave. And, and so, and what's the problem is that there are no guardrails. If you go off the cliff, there are no guardrails anywhere around these mountains, around these curves. And so when I was a little boy, like I said, I remember how many trees would you have to, would stop you before you get to the bottom. And if you think about it, guardrails are there to direct you and to protect you. Guardrails are there to keep the vehicle moving in the right direction but also to keep you out of the danger zone. All guardrails are placed in the safety zone. It's still safe for their place. And they're put there for a reason to keep you from going into unknown territory, keep you from going into the danger zone. Listen to me. Guardrails are set in place to minimize damage, to protect you. When you think about that, how many of us have regret in our lives from our past, that only if we would have had a guardrail to protect us, to direct us, that would have minimized the damage that came our way. You know, we live in a culture that don't want to have anything to do with guardrails. They don't want rules. They don't want anything like that. They don't want any guardrails. Don't put guardrails in your life. They want gray lines. They want painted lines. They want lines that they can move. They'll say things like this, drink responsibly. Who gets to determine what's responsibly with that? You know what I'm saying? You see how gray that is? What do you mean drink responsibly? Or or, wait to have sex when you feel like it, when you think that you're ready. Could you imagine telling that to a teenage boy? I mean, think about that. Like, that's a a gray line. That's not a guardrail. It's not a rule. It's It's not a system. It's not something put in place to protect you. It's like, when you feel it, go for it. When you're ready, do what you want to do. And that's the culture we live in. The culture disses on guardrails, but the moment that you end up in a ditch, they shame you. The moment you cross the line and you didn't have the guardrail in your marriage, then they shame you. When you didn't have it in your emotions, then they shame you. When you wouldn't have a guardrail financially in your life, then they shame you. The same one that doesn't want the guardrails will, will shame you the moment you cross the guardrail and you end up in a ditch. Oh, look at you, man. I can't believe you did that. Well, I want guardrails. Well, we don't want guardrails in our life. And that is the culture that we live into. And you know this and I know this because every one of us have regrets in our life. Every one of us. Dear Lord, we don't want to go back to middle school. Can I get a witness? You know what I mean? Like all of us have regrets in our life. Now, imagine... Imagine, in light of your past, knowing where you've come from, to where you are today, and where you hope to be in your future, would you have had less regrets if you would have had guardrails in your life? Would you have had less regrets if you had guardrails relationally, physically, emotionally, financially, instead of just spending and going in debt and wearing Uh, everything by credit. And you had a guardrail in your life that would kept you from going into the danger zone, but you had no guardrail. Why? Because we don't want guardrails. And every single one of you right now, you know that you are thankful that there are guardrails on the mountainsides. You are thankful there are guardrails in the, in the highways. But listen, when it comes to your life, you will say this, we all need guardrails, but I think I could do it on my own. I think I could figure it out. I don't want to guard real, I want to paint a line. So if I want to repaint it, I can move it a little further over closer to the danger line. And let's see how close to the dangerous zone I can get before catastrophic accident or something happens in your life. Your marriage is ruined. Your career is ruined. Your finances are ruined. Your family is ruined, all because you didn't have guardrails to protect you. Guardrails are not bad things. The Bible is full of guardrails in your life to do what? To direct you and to protect you for what God wants best for your life. So why would we buck on the guardrails that God wants to put in our lives? And that's what this whole series is about, is having the guardrails in our life, putting up guardrails in our life. And we're going to go through this through Labor Day. we got some great things planned, so you don't want to to miss that. But that's what this series is about. And today kind of kicks it all off because they all kind of fall in in this category in in a sense. But one of the guardrails I I, want to help us with today is what are some guardrails we can put in our lives to help us make the best and the wise decisions in our life? Like, how do I know what God's will is? How do I know what decision to make? Should the decision to take that job decision to what college to go to decision? Should, should I buy that house? Should we buy that car? Should we move to that city? Like and a lot of times we'll, we'll pray. We won't talk to God about the little decisions in our life, but when it comes to the big decisions, we tap everybody on the shoulder. and say, Hey, I want you to pray for me. I'm thinking about changing jobs. How hey, much you to pray for me? I'm thinking about changing college. I want you to pray for me. I'm thinking about moving to the city. And we always talk about the big things. We go to God and we say, God, what's your will? What's your plans? Help me make the best decisions. So here's the thing: how do I set up the guardrails in my life that will help me make the best decisions and to know what God's will is? Some of you going, can you even know what God's will? Here's a question: Can you miss God's will? Can I miss what God planned and designed me for? Can I miss that? How do I know specifically what God's will? And how do I know when it comes to decisions in my life? Because watch this, you make decisions every day. You make decisions every day. Some of you got some really big decisions ahead of you this week. Some of you got some really big decisions ahead of you this month coming. I've had people call me, they always come. I got this big decision in my life. What should I do? Should I do this or should I do this? Should I go there, should I go there? Should I submit or should I surrender or should I quit or should I do something different? I see this all the time. Well, how do I set the proper guardrails in my life to make sure that I don't miss what God has for me? And here's what some of you are thinking, but what if you've already blown it? What if you messed up so bad? Like you went over the guardrail and you crashed, man, and you crashed and you think that your life is over. You think that your marriage is over. You think that your finances is over. You think your family's too far gone. and You say, man, there's just no hope for me. There's no way that God would use me or want me to be in his will because pastor, you don't know what I've done. Listen to me, the Bible's full of men and women who all have messed up, who crossed the guardrail, but God in his mercy and his love and his, his sovereignty placed them back on the right path and used them greatly all the way through. So you're in good company. There is hope for you. So context real quick when it comes to God's will, really fast, this is some background information, is that first, God has his concealed will there is things about God we will never know. There is things about how God has set things and orchestrated stuff that we will never know and that we'll never understand. It is his concealed will. It is his choice because he's God, we're not. And he gets to say, this is the things about me that you won't know. This is why I do what I do and you'll never know. Because when the question, when, especially usually when tragedy, tragic things happen or bad things come in people's life, they'll say, why? Why is, I want to know what God's concealed will is about this. That's what they come and ask me as if I have an answer to that. I have a theological answer, but it's not the answer that you want to hear or that I want to hear. If I'm in those situations, there is a concealed will of God that he will not explain or let know anybody know why because he's God and he can't get to do that. Then there's the revealed will. God has revealed his will. His revealed will is right here. God has revealed his will to us. This is what we know of God that he has shown us and seen and that we can see. This is his revealed will. He came. He sent his son. He died. Three days later, he got up out of the grave. Whoever puts their faith and trust in Jesus. Watch this. When they do that, their sins are forgiven and they get to spend eternity with him. He has revealed that in his word. There's some things that we just don't know about God because it's concealed. It's concealed. If God wants us to know it, he will reveal it to us. And you know what the problem is? Most of us, most of us spend all of our times debating, arguing, studying, and trying to figure out God's concealed will instead of living out his revealed will. They're called Pharisees. And what they try to do, they spend all this time. God, what's your, I just want to know God's concealed will. And they spend, they write books and they debate and they, they, they sit there in, in, in classrooms, they talk about like, we just got to find what God's concealed will. Wait, wait, wait. Why don't we just do what his revealed will has said? Because there are some things that God just is not going to show us. And then, then, and then here's what you and I pray for. God, what's your specific will for me? What college? Who should I marry? Should I buy the house? Should I move to that place? Or should we have kids? The time to have kids? Like, God, what is the specific will you want for me? Because really, that's what we want to know. And that's what you pray for the most. Should I take the job? Should I do that? Should we go? There? What's next? It's time to retire. Is it not time to retire? Should I make that investment? Should I? Right, we want specific. How do I know what God's specific will is for my life? And what guardrails can I put in place to help me make sure that as best as I can stay out of the danger zone? When it comes to decision-making in my life, Paul writes in Ephesians five, be careful how you live. Make sure you stay in the guardrails as God has revealed. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. And that's what we're talking about. How do we make wise decisions? Most or make most, verse 16, of every opportunity for the, these days are evil. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Do you see that? What he wants you to do. Don't act thoughtlessly. So there's something here in my mind. How do I protect? What do I need to do? What guardrail do I need to sit in a place to make sure I'm thinking thoughtfully that I would understand what God's specific will is for me? What does he want me to do? So how do I do that? How do I know it? How do I make wise decisions. Are you glad you came to church today? Because all of us make decisions in our lives, some small, some big, but there are going to be some really things, big things in your life. And you're going to say, God, what do you want me to do? So how do I get myself in position for that to happen? Well, if you're taking notes, it's the first thing you need to do. You need to, and this sounds going to sound so elementary, but it's something we miss. We have to walk with Jesus every single day. Listen to me. You need to walk with Jesus every single day. Before God will show you what he wants you to do, he wants you to know who he is. Do you see that? Before he'll show you what he wants you to do, we gotta know who he is. We think of decision-making as future. But God is not in time. He's not in past and present and future. He's, He's outside of time, and that's so hard for us to fathom that because it's concealed. We don't understand it. We don't get it, but we can trust That that God is true, but we all speculate about the decisions we're gonna make in the future or we gotta make right now, and it drains us from the passion of living today. God is more concerned what he's doing in me than what he's doing through me. So if I would just walk with Jesus every single day, watch this, then when I become who God wants me to be, I will end up where God wants me to be. Do you see this? If I will become who God wants me to be, that he's revealed to me, I will be exactly where God wants me to be. That he will keep me on the straight and narrow path. He will keep me focused on the direction that I need to go. He will send the opportunities when it's time to move. He will send the confirmation when it's time for to take that job. He'll let you know with peace that this is the person to spend the rest of your life with. Because when I become who he wants me to become, I will be where he wants me to to be. You see, the will of God starts with the the, the state of being, not doing. We always want to do God's will and so become who he wants me to be. And then I will be in his will. Do you see the difference? It's all about who are we becoming? I love what Proverbs 3 says. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not depend on your own understanding. That's what crashes most of us into the danger zone. Because we think we are smarter than God and we'll lean on our own understanding, culture's understanding, the media's understanding, the world's understanding, our professor's understanding. And we'll think this and we'll listen like, well, this must be the most logical thing to do. So I will run my marriage by the way I think I should run my marriage. I will run my finances the way I think I ought to run my finances, at least how the world tells me to run it. I will parent the way that I see fit to parent. And then when you get into the danger zone or you crash and you burn, next thing you know, you'll come and you will knock. Hey, how do I get back on the path? Well, what was your guardrails? We just did whatever we want, women want, how we thought was right in our own eyes. And that's why most of us, including myself, watch this, cross the guardrail and get into the danger zone because we lean on our own knowledge and understanding instead of going to the one who knows it all. Do you know that? He knows everything about you, every decision you made in your past to get you to where you are today. Because if every decision you made yesterday is where you are today, decisions you make today will determine where you'll be tomorrow. Are you making good decisions today? Because that will determine where you're gonna to be tomorrow. And we look at this and we think of this and we just want to do this, and, but he says in verse six, seek his will and all that you do, seek him, walk with him, know him. And watch this, watch this. He'll show you. You see this? He will show you which path. Why? Because if I'm clean and I'm close, and I say this all the time, to stay clean and close to Jesus, clean and close. What I mean by that is a rapid repentance. I've already been washed in the blood. He's forgiving all my sins. I'm heaven bound. In fact, according to God's eyes, I'm already kicking up gold dust, y'all. I'm already in glory in future tense. He already sees that. But today, as I'm still in the earth, I confess my sins for fellowship, not my relationship. I'm already a son. And when I confess my sins for the fellowship and when I get sin in my life, guess what sin brings in my life? Confusion. And guess what? Most of us are confused about decisions make. And we wonder why. And I'm going to tell you one of the biggest steps you need to make is clean your heart before the Lord. And listen, when you walk with Jesus and you're clean before Jesus, he will show you which path to take. And he's not going to let you get into the danger zone. Sounds so simple, doesn't it? You mean I just get up every day of my life and walk with Jesus? Yeah. You mean I get up every day of my life and spend time with Jesus? Yes. How do I do that? Real quick. Stay in his word. This is his revealed will. Stay in his word. You don't wanna know what God's will is? Here's God's will, right here. Stay in and get in his word. Build your life on his word and you will be in his will. If you will make decisions upon based upon his word, I'm gonna run my marriage according to his word. I'm gonna run my finances according to his word. I'm gonna run my emotional health according to his word. If I will base it off his word, I will be in his will why do you think the devil wants to keep you from this book because he don't want you in god's will he wants to render you useless and ineffective so we'll make excuses like this i just don't understand the bible man i just i just i don't know where to start i don't even know i, I mean I, I didn't even do good in school i don't i don't know if i can even read the bible listen listen there's your excuses grab your bible read it where do you go start with john chapter one start with john chapter one and here's what listen if you're a member of better life church and you call this place your hometown, home church, listen to me, you need to read at least one chapter every single day of your life. Every single day, one chapter. Five minutes to do one chapter. One chapter. Unless it's Psalms 119, it'll take you 10, okay? It's a longer chapter. But for most, it's one chapter. One chapter. Every day, one chapter. God doesn't, it's, not the, it's not the quantity of how much scripture you read. It's how God, you can use it and speak in your life for you to slow down one chapter. So I'm going to ask you, what's it? Every single one of you call yourself a member of Bear Life Church, you start reading one chapter a day. I don't care if you're from another state and you're watching online or another country. Read one chapter every single day. One chapter. It's God's revealed will to us. Get in his word. And when you get in his word, he will reveal things to you, watch you, that will keep you on the straight and narrow path. And he will protect you. If you'll stay clean and close, he will not let you go off the guardrail. He will keep you in his will, and it will keep you on the path. So watch this. I'm gonna get in his word, but I also need to follow his ways. I gotta follow what he tells me to do. I gotta stop, watch it. You need to stop focusing on his will and start focusing on his ways, the ways of God. How does God want me to live my life? And if I focus on his ways and I'm obedient to his word, then, watch this, I will be in his will. Now, I want you. I want you. I want you to hear me out. Most of us, This week, even today, and maybe yesterday, you're praying for something specific. God, will you show me specifically? God, I need something specific. God, this specific you want me to do. And you know what's so funny about this? I'm I'm putting myself in this. Is that we won't even obey God's revealed will, but we'll ask him for his specific will for our life. And God's like, you're not even obeying what I've already revealed to you, and you want me to show you? Your specific steps, I, I tell you what, know me, come after me, seek me, knock, ask, and see if I won't open the door. I want you to know me. I want you to become before you do. And if you'll become who I want you to be, you'll be right where I want you to be. You see how that, And but the enemy wants to keep us away from this book. Why? Because we don't lean our own understanding. What's the media say? What's the market say? What's the culture say? What's the best of the best say? Let's listen. And there's, there's wisdom in that. But you gotta make sure, and we'll get that in just a moment, who is speaking that into your life. David prayed this, teach me, Psalms 86, your ways. Teach me your ways, O Lord, that I may live according to your truth so I will be in your will. If you will walk with Jesus today, you'll be in his will tomorrow. He already knows what tomorrow holds So here's the guardrail I'm going to put in place. I'm going to walk with Jesus every day. It's one of my guardrails. It's one thing I'm going to put. If I can do that every single day and I, listen, we are sinful. We're still going to mess up. I'm going to cross and over. And as listen, I'm so thankful for the rumble strips. Can I get a witness y'all? I love the rumble strips. Now the rumble strips are like there before you get to the guardrail. You know what I'm saying? Like that? Thank you. Rumble strip. Yes. I drifted to the right. You know, thank you so much. We need those things in our life, but guess what? We're human. Sometimes we're gonna crash into the guardrail, but the guardrail's there, watch, to minimize damage to keep you from going into the danger zone. So I'd rather get hurt for a moment than harm forever and something in my life. So we need these guardrails. So here's my main point I wanna make for that. When I stay in the word of God and obey the ways of God, I will be in the will of God. I'm gonna say it one more time. When I stay in the word of God and obey the ways of God, I'll be right in the center of God's will for my life. Here's the second thing is this. I need to listen to his voice. I need to listen for it and then obey to it. I need to listen to his voice. I'm gonna come to preach in John 10 in the next series. In fact, we've got a great series plan. We're going over the seven I am statements. We're going through the book of John. We're going to ask you to jump in a group and find a group that you can meet with and gather with in community because God's will was never to be discovered in isolation, but in community. And we're going to ask you to be part of it. So we've got so great. But in John 10, listen to what he says. He says, my sheep, my sheep, listen to my voice. In fact, hearing the voice of God is evidence in your life that you're a child of God. I've never heard God speak audibly but I can feel the impression in my life, my sheep listen to my voice, and watch this, I know them, and they follow my ways. Do you know anything about sheep? They're dumb, and the Bible calls us sheep as followers of Jesus, you know what that means? We're dumb. Like, have you ever been to the circus before and seen a sheep act? No, you're not. I know somebody tried it on a TikTok video probably before, and, and it'd be funny if you found it, but I doubt you could, you can't teach them anything. They are dumb. They're, they can hardly see. You have to be up close to them for they follow the shepherd. They, they, they know their shepherd's voice and they will only follow them. I can go and say, come here, come here, come here, please. I can bait them and they will not come to me unless the shepherd who watches over them and guards them speaks to them and they will follow See, when I get in God's word and I walk with the shepherd daily and I watch what the shepherd does daily and I cultivate that word and his voice daily, when he speaks, I react. But we are competing with so many voices. You got the voice of the world, the culture, your professor, your parents, your experience, your relationships, your friends. And we go and we listen to all those voices and you got the devil and then you got your own flesh you know who the biggest liar is to you? You. You lied to yourself more than anything else. Well, I'm no good, and nobody loves me, and I'll never make. Well, I'm not pretty, and I'm not good enough. And nobody, you know, that's you lying to you. Instead of receiving what God has said about you in His Word. And you have all these voices, in the midst of all those voices is that spirit speaking. Hey, this is what I want you. I'm nudging you. This is what I want. And in your conscience, this is what I want you to know we got all these voices. It crowds out God's voice in our life. But watch this. If I will spend every single day walking with Jesus, guess what I do? I will learn to hear his voice. I will know when the nudge of the Holy Spirit comes in my life. I will know when it's like, I'm on the rumble strip, I'm on the rumble strip. And the Holy Spirit says, get your eyes off of them. Put it back over here. That's that's right, that's right, that's right. I'm on the rumble strip. That's what the Holy Spirit will convict you to keep you watches from going over the guardrails. When You realize, hey, 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 wait, wait! She's flirting too much with you at work. No, 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 no! I know you think it's fun. No, no, no! Get you, get you, get you! That's the Holy Spirit nudging you, going, you're going to go in the danger zone. And until you cultivate and spend time with Him, you will not recognize or hear His voice. But when I follow Him and become what He wants me to be, and He speaks, I go, whoa, okay, whoa, red flag, whoa, no boundaries, boundaries, put them in place, guardrails. Because the Holy Spirit is moving in my life and I can hear his voice. And then the last thing, and this is one you gotta be a little bit careful with, but this is the last thing, is another guardrail. So we're gonna walk with Jesus every day. I'm gonna listen to his voice. And and here's another thing. I'm going to seek godly counsel when it comes to decision-making. I wanna seek godly counsel. See, this is opposite than leaning on your own understanding. I'm gonna seek after godly counsel in my life. You know, Proverbs eleven fourteen 14 says this, where there is no counsel, the people will fall. You will fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. You were never meant to discern God's will in isolation. If you will isolate yourself, the enemy will assassinate you. That's why it's so important to be in community. That's why it's so important that we gather and we worship together. That's so important why you find people and families in your life that you can do life with that you can have people speak into your life. Listen to me, wrong voices lead to wrong choices. You don't go to your broke brother-in-law to figure out how to do investments and in your finances. There's a reason why he's broke. Wrong voices. And the problem is most people we seek out, we aren't seeking out godly counsel, we're seeking out people that we can vent to who will affirm us that we're in the right and they're in the wrong to make the right decisions. That's right, honey. You need to get your new husband. You don't need him. If he's going to treat you like that and talk like that, you need to go find you a new man. That's right. Is that wise? Man, listen, I know you hate your job. God wants you to be happy. And if you're in a job that you're not happy, then that's not God's will for you. You need to go find you another job. Is that wise? Voices? See, we seek after people who know we're going to tickle our ear and say what we want to hear. Wrong voices, wrong choices. Right voices, right choices. And it may not be the right, but it'd be better, it would be the best, stand in the guardrails as best as you can. You cannot underestimate the power of the right people speaking into your life. And for me, since we, for the longest time in my own life, listen, when you begin to do anything for the Lord, man, you're gonna have haters and you're gonna have critics and people are gonna say bad things about you and slander you and lie. That's just life, man. When you're trying to do things for the kingdom of God, the devil's gonna bring all his forces out and do everything he can to bring you down. And so I made the decision that the people in my life that I'm gonna to listen to, they need to love Jesus, Love the church and love me in that order. And if you love Jesus and you love the church and you love me, then I'm going to let you speak into my life. Everything else, delete. One in and out the other. And I'm going to listen to wise counsel to speak. And so you got to set up guardrails in your life. Let me give you an example. Personal example, fully disclosed. Three years ago, my wife and I, we were looking at buying a house. And so we looked at it and we said, okay, the Bible says count the cost. So we look at the cost, this is something we can afford. And our financial house, how it works, we bring to God, we give 15% of our gross income to the Lord. We give a 10%, as the Bible says in the tithe, we give a 5% offering. That's just my wife and I, what we decided to do is say, God, we give you an offering. Thank you for all that you've done because you can't outgive God. And we look at, are we saving? Are we planning right? Do we have any debt? No, we pay off our credit card bill every single month. Are we still being generous in our generous fund? Are we still blessing people outside? No, I'm talking about the 15%. We got a blessing fund. We wanna bless people and help people. Yes, we're being generous. Why? Because it's not ours. We're just the manager, steward of what God has. And I said, but this is gonna be a big financial commitment. Should something we should do? Should we, should we not or should we do it or should we not? And so then I went to my godly counsel which would be the elders and my spiritual leaders here at Better Life Church. And I called them up and said, guys, here's what we're looking at doing. My wife and I were looking at buying this house. This is what it's gonna cost. It's gonna take a big financial commitment. Here's where we're at financially. Here's what we're doing. Here's what we think we can sell our house for. This is what we think. And there may be something, because I'm excited, right? I get this house with my family. My kids get a bedroom. and say this would be, be nice. Is there any blinders? Is there anything that I'm missing that I'm seeing? And I laid everything out in front of them. And I made the decision, if one of them said, no, I don't think this is a smart move and a right choice for you, I wouldn't have done it. And you're saying, why would you you do that? Because I, I want you to know, I practice what I'm preaching. And I'm going to submit to godly counsel and godly advice in my life because we all get blunders, and I want to listen to what they have to say to me. Now, I'm not saying you got to come and sit down and say, "Pastor, should I buy this car? Is it worked out financially? Should I buy this and do this and stuff?" Because you might see me as your pastor, as a spiritual counselor into your life. If you want to sit down, we can look at that. I don't care to help you in any way. I can help you do that. But I'm saying that's what community is for. When you got people in your life who could pull you to the side and say, hey, man, listen, I know um, we were out last night eating. and Man, you, every time you tell a joke about your wife, I can see that she's not really excited about it and she kind of laughs it off. But hey, I think the tone and what you've been saying to your wife, I don't think, man, you should do that around people and being public. Do you have people like that in your life? who could come and give you godly counsel and spiritual wisdom. Say, hey man, listen, I know you just keep charging everything and going. I man. I don't know your fine stuff, but bro, listen, you're gonna get on the guardrail, but you're gonna get in some bad financial situation if you don't. Do you have those people in your life? You see, we want God's specific will. God, what do you want me to do? And don't underestimate the influence of seeking godly counsel who love Jesus, love the church, and they love you. Some of you, listen, I'm going to talk to college students coming up or young adults. When it comes to dating, you have people saying, that guy's a jerk. That guy's a jerk. That guy's a jerk. You shouldn't be with him. You shouldn't be with him. But you're blinded by love. And you have people speak into your life, but you won't listen to them because you're blinded. And then you isolate yourself. Well, I just don't need those friends anyway. If they don't like him, if they don't like her, if they're going to say that and they don't. Those friends are a gift from God to help you in the guardrails and stay. This is the path, stay this way. But we're humans and God gave us a free will. And I'm gonna be honest, sometimes we make bad decisions, not the best decisions and we go over the guardrails. But I am so thankful that when I cross the guardrail, I can repent, I can confess, God will restore. And though I'm beaten and damaged and there's consequences for getting into the danger zone, he puts me back on a path. And I may cross the finish line with the limb, but I will cross it. That's how much he loves you. So here's my question. Will you put some guardrails up by walking with Jesus every day, cultivating and listening to his voice and get godly counsel in your life? to keep you on the right path. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Seek his will in all that you do and he will show you what path to take. Some of you right now, you'll ask me and say, Pastor, I need you to pray for clarity. I need clarity to see if this is what I should do. Clarity. And sometimes God will give you clarity, but probably the majority of the time, He won't. Abraham, go. Where? I'll tell you when you get there. Just start going. Just start going. And it's not that you need clarity. Watch this. You need courage to take the step of faith and to trust Him. Not in your own understanding. We're trusting. We're trusting. And maybe the first step today for you to trust Him, to know Him, is to give your life to Him. Just like 23 people gave their life to Jesus last Sunday. You're in great company. Why don't you give your life to the one who knows every decision you make and every decision you will make and surrender your life to him. He will forgive you of all your sins, cleanse you. No longer will you be blinded by the world. And he will restore you. And he will use you. If that's you, it doesn't matter wherever you're located, you could just cry, cry out to him and confess that. To say, Jesus, I believe. I believe you came for me. I believe you died for me. And I believe you got up out of the grave for me. And as best as I know how, God, today I surrender to you and I repent of my sins. Now put me on that straight path and help me follow you in your ways for the rest of my life. And if that's you, whether you're watching online, you can tell us in the chat. If you're at one of our locations, go to the Next Step area. We just want to rejoice with you and help you take your next steps in following after Jesus. Father, we're excited about this series. Thank you so much for this series of guardrails and I pray that Lord, that we will learn from our past and a lot of where we are today and where we want to be tomorrow and God, we will listen to your word and we will put guardrails in our place. We will set some guardrails up to protect us not rules and and being legalistic and and all the religious stuff. We want some godly guardrails in our life to help us to stay focused on you, to stay focused on the path that you have for us. Because if we will become who you want us to become, we will be right where you want us to be. It's in Jesus' name that I ask and I pray, amen.